WXDX-FM, Pittsburgh. James Harrison posted on Instagram, and he said, quote, I signed up to play, not sit. Yeah, him and every other backup in every sport. Playing time is not a negotiation. The coaches use the best players. T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree are both first-round picks and played Harrison's position. If Harrison couldn't see the writing on the wall, then he's a dope. What a phony, baloney, jive-ass, fake, tough guy James Harrison turned out to be. He spent his whole life trying to be a badass, and now he's trying to be a victim. James Harrison is totally lame. It's the Mark Madden Show. I turned 57 today, so I am not real motivated. Throw a dog a bone by dialing 412-333-WXDX. Or you could tweet me, at Mark X. Dale Lawley of DK Pittsburgh Sports says that Harrison's dissatisfaction went all the way back to camp when he refused to practice on occasion. The ironic thing is, Tom would did Harrison a favor by giving him a paycheck. What other team would have signed Harrison? The Patriots just did it now to cause a commotion. So Tomlin did Harrison a favor, and Harrison stuck it up his backside. Harrison is no friend, he's no man, and he's no teammate. The coaches played the best players. The coaches didn't think Harrison was one of the best players. What about that is hard for him to understand? In his Instagram post, Harrison says he helped T.J. Watt. He says he visited Ryan Shazier in the hospital. Wow, this is an awful lot of fuss being made about a 39-year-old linebacker who wasn't good enough to get on the field here in Pittsburgh, or he would have. The Steelers are 12-3. and You think the Steelers are 12-3 and because Mike Tomlin didn't play the best guys? Come on. When you're 12-3, and you made the right decisions. You know how I know? Because the Steelers are 12-3. and I checked out the WWE show last night at PPG Paints Arena. I saw my friend Charlotte after, a.k.a. Ashley Flair, Rick's daughter. Uh, She is the queen. So good. The best female WWE performer ever. I posted a picture of us on the Mark Madden page at WXDX.com. And now tonight... We got the Three Rivers Classic. College Hockey at PPG Paints Arena. RMU plays at 7.30. I'm going down to check it out. Why don't you join me? Get your tickets at the gate or via Ticketmaster. The Pens play at Carolina this evening. Injuries have hit hard, but it looks like Chris Letang and Justin Schultz might both be back next week, and that would be a considerable boost. Tristan Jari plays goal tonight, and I think he's done just fine so far. The Steelers host Cleveland Sunday, and the big debate is whether Ben and Bell should play. Antonio Brown's still hurt, and the word is Ben and Bell will not play. I'd definitely hold him out 
And I might hold out a guy like Hayward, too, or give him minimal reps. I keep hearing cliches and platitudes like, any given Sunday, blah, blah, blah. Look, here's reality. New England isn't going to lose at home to the New York Jets. Just isn't. And the Steelers' second string should be good enough to beat Cleveland. Easily good enough to beat Cleveland. Here's some more reality. If Ben or Bell get hurt, the Steelers' season is over. There's zero good reason to risk them in a game that, chances are, is 99.9% meaningless. Guys get hurt on any given Sunday, too. We got Craig Wolfley for some football gold here on the radio in just a few minutes. We will see where he weighs in on Harrison and on the notion of the Steelers resting guys like Ben and Bell. I heard one local radio guy say, if New England loses to the Jets and the Steelers lose to Cleveland, the Steelers will regret it for the rest of their lives. Geez, dramatic much? The Steelers aren't going to lose to Cleveland. Not if Landry Jones comes through like I expect. I bet he puts up 400 yards passing. Isn't it kind of interesting to see different guys play? And it's even more interesting to see a Landry Jones, for example, play against an 0-15 team. It's like I said before, is Pittsburgh's second string better than the first string of a Cleveland team that's 0-15? I think that's a lot of fun. Uh, Speaking of Cleveland, Josh Rosen said uh, he'd rather go later in the draft than play for the Browns. Uh, Rosen's the UCLA quarterback. Now the Southern Cal quarterback, Sam Darnold, says he would play for the Browns, which means he's stupid and the Browns should not take him. I wouldn't want to join any club that would have me as a member. This is kind of the inverse of that. Boy, the Browns are so bad. People are saying, don't blame the coach. Don't blame Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson has a heck of a rep. But how can you not blame Hugh Jackson? He's 1-30, one win, 30 losses as head coach of Cleveland. I don't care if he's Vince Lombardi dipped in George Hallis. you got to fire the coach that's 1-30. If nothing else, he's used to losing, and the team is used to losing playing for him. It's a habit. That is the fatal flaw of Hugh Jackson. So anyway, 412-333-WXDX. I celebrated my birthday by going to DeLuca's Diner for breakfast, uh, the one in Robinson. I had to wait about 20 minutes for a table, which I hate, but it was well worth it. Chocolate chip pancakes. Right on, because I'll be trying to cut out carbs for about a decade once the new year hits. I'm sure we'll keep talking about the James Harrison thing. But you know where the Steelers did screw up? The Steelers shouldn't assign Harrison in the first place. They had Watt. They had Dupree. They had Chicolo. There was no need to do Harrison a favor. Like I said, Tomlin did Harrison a solid, and Harrison stuck it up his backside. You read that Instagram post by Harrison, and you're thinking, wow. Is this guy petty? Tom Petty. The Steelers are 12-3. and And he gives us this detailed account of how things went wrong for him.
They went right for everybody else. The Steelers are 12-3. and three. But things went wrong for poor, poor, pitiful Jimmy, and we're all supposed to stop and cry because his happiness is more important than 12-3. and three. The Steelers made the right decisions. I know that because they're 12-3. and three. And another thing, which I'll get to in detail at the top of the hour, they got 50 sacks. Harrison's the career sack leader, but that was then, this is now. They got 50 sacks barely playing James Harrison. Uh, what a jackass Harrison is. Again, he spent his whole life playing the badass, and now he wants to be the victim. He's not a badass. He's not even a man. He's a selfish coward that's only worried about himself, and now he plays for Darth Vader. Or more likely, doesn't play because I doubt Harrison gets on the field in New England. James Harrison says he didn't want to be a cheerleader. Well, neither did Mark andre Fleury. But Mark andre Fleury handled his situation a whole lot better. Uh, we got some news on Chris Letang. Some media people have said he's on the market, but Josh Owey of The Athletic says no. I'll get to that in detail uh, later this hour. But up next, it's pure football gold here on the radio. As I'm joined by Steelers all-time great, Craig Wolfley. Wolfley up next, 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Um, what do you think about the new, I can't remember what I call it, sorry. Really awesome call. The X at 105.9. Double M on the X. It's time for your weekly dose of football expertise. Joining me in studio, the all-time Steeler great on the offensive line. You hear him Sundays on the sideline on Steeler Broadcast on DVE. It's Craig Wolfley. Uh, Wolf, let's uh, talk about the elephant in the room. Not not me. I haven't gained that much weight. But what's your overview on the or James... No, nah, you're looking good, please. <laughs> what's your overview on the James Harrison situation in general? Yeah, look, with James, it's... it's situation where the guys in the locker room had their decided opinion they saw how things went down nobody knows other than those people involved you know i thought a lot of james as a player um you there, know, there's no diminishing what he accomplished here. there's no no diminishing and i don't think he's burned his legacy but he has certainly created a, a, a chasm and to do to, to leave in the manner that he left which is in question um it, it, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to see him go, and it's hard to see what uh, you know where he went to. And I understand, you know, if 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 you can't play on this team, you know, you you go to another team. But it's about how you went about the manner of doing it. That's the problem. Well, do you think Harrison is going to play much in New England? How can he help the Patriots both in terms of playing and also giving away the Steelers' so-called secrets? I know their pass rush is lacking there. But that's a real good team and certainly not easy to break into. No, except if you look at their outside linebackers, James is already better than any of them. I mean, the, the outside linebackers, I can't think of the names right now off the top of my head, but if you go in and... That's because they're not any good. <laughs> yeah, that will that exactly would be the case. Um, he is already better. And if you look at the possibilities of a, oh, say a Patriots-Kansas uh, City Chiefs matchup, you know, when you're a guy like Belichick and you're looking for little edges, having a guy like Debo facing a guy like Eric Fisher, who Eric Fisher has to be, you know, having nightmares over Debo. Harrison has killed him time and again, hasn't yes. he? Yes, so that would be a reason right there for Belichick to pick him up. 
Did Harrison have any right to expect to play here in Pittsburgh that he was promised X amount of stats, uh, snaps? Wolf, don't get me wrong. I'm sure those promises were made. But promises in professional sports don't really go hand-in-hand, do they? Well, you understand that it's always a fluid situation because that's based on the fact of what the people in front of you are doing. If you are promised, and and it's hard to say because, look, you're a former NFL Defensive Player of the Year. You've been a great player, and you've been a great player for a long time. And so the expectations are that you're going to be realized for the value that you you know they're telling you your worth, and and let's face it, with three and a, I think it was a, what two year three and a half million dollars that they put out for him with a two and a quarter or something in the first year. That's a lot of money, and you have your expectations are such. So if it didn't meet his expectations, I, I get it. But again, it's about being a good teammate too, and being able to finish strong, and that's that's something that uh, is is really I think important for every player. Well, one thing I think is important to consider. The Steelers are 12 and 3. That's pretty good. Yes. And they're second in the league in sacks with 50. That seems to me they've uh, to indicate they've mostly made the right decisions on defense. There's no question about it. Look, I mean, you know, the the guys have done a great job. You've got 50 sacks. You got an opportunity to break the all-time record, I think it is this Sunday against the Browns. And trust me, right, right, seen... six sacks and that uh Sets a Steelers single-season yes. team record, which would be quite amazing. That would be quite amazing. Think about it. That's all from the Blitzburg era and everything else. So you have a Browns offensive line that is minus Joe Thomas. You've got some issues there. You have a quarterback who's a young guy uh, who has already been sacked 44 times. So it would be nice to make him finish with at least what you started with. 50 sacks, you get 56. He finishes off getting sacked 50 times for the year. <laughs> yeah, I bet I – bet, uh... I bet I bet the bronze quarterbacks are really looking forward to that. Yeah, I you know God knows how many they use. They've gone through how many in the past uh, decade. But but yeah, I, I think that the Steelers' defense has turned out to be as good as could be expected. And I think the pass rush has changed a, a little bit too, hasn't it? It's become more of an interior pass rush, and the outside backer has become more of a coverage position, hasn't it? Well, it has. It's evolved. I mean, at times they're in coverage. At times they're running a lot more twists than they used to instead of just depending on a guy like, for instance, the, the Kevin Green. You know, I'm going to blow up this guy, speed to power rush, or the James Harrison, no dip, just rip around the corner. They're using a lot of twists. Matter of fact, I thought that uh, Bud Dupree played probably his best game last week against the Houston Texans, did a nice job of throwing bodies around that, uh, you know, I, I thought – is a step forward. You also got Mike Hilton. They're 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 blitzing from all three, three sacks levels. in one game for a for a slot DB. And think about this: the best was the five nine hundred eighty four pound Mike Hilton ran over and threw and bull rushed five ten two hundred twenty five pound Lamar Miller. I love it. Beating Cam Hayward to the sack, who was also bull rushing. You know what? Cam thought he had it too. <laughs> Camp thought he had it, and Hilton just just dashed right by. It was <laughs> it was really quite entertaining to watch. Uh, in your career, Wolf, did you ever play with a teammate that wanted out or was uh, visibly unhappy with his playing time? And how did the locker room handle that? You know, you, you handled it. The, the hardest thing about that sort of situation is having to answer for that individual. Mike Merriweather held out all year, one year, and then uh, ended up in, in Minnesota. And... Mike was a fabulous, fabulous teammate, and but he made a good a player decision. too. Yeah, good player, and he made a decision that for him was what he wanted. Um, the, the hardest part is is being able to you know go along, and you don't want distractions of having to say, 
well, this is what we feel, or this is how I feel, or blah, blah, blah. You know, you, you, that irritates you because you don't want to be part of the distraction. You don't want to have to continually answer for somebody else. So when this all fell out, you know, you look at it and you go, well, uh, the Steelers just, uh, they, you know, they, they cut James. They needed a spot. Well, then it's afterwards when Mike Tomlin was being, uh, kind of, uh, being, uh, you know, people jumping on him, criticizing him. I think the rest of the team felt like, hey, look, you know, there's more to this story. The rest of the team didn't want to let Harrison be a victim. And and, and whether, you know, you approve or disapprove of of how James handled it, one thing is clear, he tried to paint himself as the victim, and the locker room wasn't having it. That's apparently what happened, you know. So for for James, you hope that, you know, all things go well in the sense of – you know, and except unless they meet up with the, the, the Patriots and he's wearing that uniform. I will say this. Well, let's be honest. That's going to happen. Well, think about this. Since you are a wrestling man, okay, could the, the storyline be any better? <laughs> no, no. I owe James. He made for an easy week here on the old Mark Madden show. Yeah. And we're not going to stop talking about this until these teams either play in the AFC Championship or one's eliminated, correct? Correct. Yes. There's no question about it. We're talking to Craig Wolfley. He's brought you by 84 Lumber, helping you build the right way since 1956. Uh, it looks like Ben and Bell will not play against Cleveland. Antonio Brown obviously still out due to injury. But holding on Ben and Bell, good move or bad move? Uh, t- you know, to me, I... And, and we should stress it's not official yet. That's just uh, a little bit of leakage from the locker room. Right, exactly so. Um you know, it's difficult because I always say what I always want to do, if I was a player, and I come from the medieval times, again, I have to give you that, and it's a different sort of mindset. But I always want everybody to go through the process of preparing, and even if I was grabbed early, right before the game, said, you're not playing today. Okay, but I had the walk-up to in the mental preparation of the whole week. If you know you're not going to play, you are not going to mentally prepare like you're going to play. That it's it's too hard, and you're walking that zone. The last 24 hours and the last four to six hours are so important to mentally put yourself in that position where you're ready to do some combative work there. So, having said that, you know there's certain people like yeah, a Ben, like Lev Bell, um, maybe Marquise Pouncey, uh, Cam Haywards would be a guy that you know guys that you just have to have for the playoffs. Yes, that you are in a lot of trouble if they're unavailable for that divisional game. True. True. So you've got those people that I'd be thinking about, and as the course of the game unfolded, taking a look, and, you know, everybody says, well, don't watch the scoreboard. You watch the scoreboard. I mean, look, you know, it's like the eclipse. You know, when you're kids, <laughs> you got the eclipse. You know, and your mom tells you, don't look at the sun. I remember walking hey, well, home from my buddies. Why do you think buddies. I wear glasses? Yeah, you looked at the sun. That's right. Yeah, so the fact is you're going to keep an eye on the scoreboard, and if the Patriots game, they get up, I'd be starting to pull people. I would, you know, make sure that you take who you can off. It's my opinion that if you start the game with no Ben no Bell, no whoever, that you stick with that. Even if New England trails the Jets, you stick with that because that was your plan. And the main reason you're not playing these guys is risk at injury. That risk does not change if the Jets start beating the Patriots. Well, there's no question about it. And the biggest thing about not dressing a guy is making it, well, okay, he's done. You know what I mean? It's not a temptation. Do you think those guys won't even dress? Because I... I, I, now now po- that you say that out loud, I wonder. Well, here's the possibility. You're right. If they're not going to play, don't dress them. Yeah, if they're go not- with Jones and Dobbs, and that's it. That's the problem because if you're sitting there and it and it's ten ten Patriots and Jets in the first half, and you know, and you're getting down to the Cleveland Browns, 
you might sit there and go, no, I, I need, hey, let's, let's go. Hey, uh, you know, camp, you got to go. Remove you know, that so, temptation. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If you are decided, have decided that you're not going to play them, then I would, I'd not dress them. Now, you, you heard me mention this before we uh, brought you into Studio Wolf. I want to see the game between uh, a lot of the Steelers' second string and Cleveland's first string. I think that's an interesting matchup. Cleveland 0-15, 130 dating back to last year. I see no reason why a Landry Jones-led offense with Ridley running the ball can't beat Cleveland. No question about it. I mean, you've still got weapons. You've still got uh, an offensive line uh, that's sporting some Pro Bowl caliber. Uh, You've got uh, a defense that can get the job done, no question about it. Uh, Landry Jones last year was, uh, what, 24-37, three TDs and one interception? He's not a bad quarterback. He's not at all. What people don't understand and what drives me crazy when I hear, hear people smacking on Landry is going, look, Anybody doesn't look good in Ben's shadow, okay? I went through a host of players in post-Bradshaw era who paled in comparison to LeBlanc, to LeBlanc Bomber. And okay? always were going to. Yeah, I mean, that's just the way it is, okay? So the fact is, to compare him to Ben is not feasible because you don't have a, a, a franchise quarterback backing up a franchise quarterback. I mean, that what there was one time Montana and Young. Well, well, Wolf, I'm of the opinion... In, in the NFL right now, there's maybe 12 or 13 good quarterbacks. Not, not, not just, not, not backups. Right. 12 or 13 good starters. Right. And, and so I think a Landry Jones, he's, He's about as good a backup as I think there is out there. I really believe that. I I would I I go right along with you. I think he I've I've been a Landry fan for quite a while because I I've watched this guy. This guy works in practice very very well. Doesn't get much time to be able to go out in the games and do what he wants to Not do. Not a great deep ball, but I like his touch and I like his composure. No question about it, but I have seen him rock at that ball. I mean, he still has got an arm when he cut loose, but you know what everybody remembers it was seemingly the first year when he struggled with a, a high in, uh, un- incompletion rate. You know, I mean, everybody remembers him setting records at what Oklahoma and a high completion rate, and he was you know not real close his first year to a lot of people that he was in yeah, throw. Didn't quite but, match his college stats. Yes, but he's come on a long ways. Come a long ways from that. Well, don't you think he's going to be the next starting quarterback once Ben retires? Even if it's in the transition role till they draft and groom whoever the long-term guys, I think Landry's going to get a year or two in as starter, and I think he'll do okay. I think he'll be great. You know, I mean, great in the, in the sense of you got somebody who's been there, done that, and you got somebody a guy who could win some games. Yes, there's no question the about it. Yes, there's no question about it. Look, you're going to look for a franchise quarterback. Ben's come along every often as Bradshaw's come along. Okay, they don't come along very often. It takes a while before you get one of these all-time greats recycling, you know, the finding another quarterback like that is not something you do year in and year out. Look at all the quarterbacks Cleveland has gone through. I mean, they have they have a host of quarterbacks. I think they're closing in on 30. That's ridiculous. I think the best stat ever is that Ben is the all-time winningest quarterback at their stadium. Yeah. That, and you know what? He's not going to get caught anytime soon because you're going to have a different starter next year. Again, it's just a, a vicious cycle uh, with a very embarrassing stat for Cleveland. Speaking of embarrassing. By the way, can we go back to Butch Davis, who was the coach of the Browns back then, who said, yeah, we're not too big on Big Ben when he was coming out. Oops. Yeah, that, that turned around and, and bit him in the tuchus, uh, on oh. well, not just him, but the franchise yep. on many occasions. Uh, speaking of Browns coaches, I think Hugh Jackson's probably a pretty good coach. 
But how can you not fire the guy that's one in thirty? That's the problem, you know. And you you look at this, and you you're not. I using... mean, if Chuck were one in thirty, he'd have got fired. Yeah, and uh, there's no question about. It. Look, some guys they can be outstanding coordinators, and they don't translate to head coaches, and that may be Hugh Jackson's situation. But I will say this about Hugh: you got a problem there where they went through this situation with a metrics guy with Sashi Brown. They got ended up with a lot of you know draft picks, but they bypassed a lot of great players in trying to get a lot of draft Certainly picks. better players. Okay. Now, you've gone and you had this plan. So you got Hugh Jackson, the metrics guy, and suddenly in the middle of the season, you're trying to reach out and grab A.J. McCarron, which then all of a sudden, mysteriously, the trade gets kiboshed. Something was definitely wrong there. Obviously, there was a power there was a struggle. Disconnect. There was a disconnect. Sashi Brown lost the power struggle, but where does that leave you again as an organization? Yeah, Mark. What do you say, buddy? Hi, buddy. Hey, Mr. Van. How you doing? What up? What if they wore assless chaps? Would that help at all? If they what? The X at 105.9. Double M on the X. Thanks to Craig Wolfley. That's the best football talk in town. We do it every Friday right here on the Mark Madden Show. Uh, Josh Joey of TheAthletic.com reports that the Penguins have zero interest in trading Chris Letang. And that's no surprise to me. Uh, There were reports locally and in Canada that the Penguins were shopping Latang, But guys like Nick Kiprios at Sportsnet, he was a hack as a player. He's a hack in the media. He just throws crap at the wall and hopes something sticks. But I challenge you, the listener, again, when I ask, tell me the upside of trading Chris Latang. Tell me what you get. And tell me who replaces what he does. The Penguins don't have enough defense. And you want them to trade the guy who plays 26 minutes on defense and provides one-man breakout, zone entry on the power play, a bunch of stuff that's tough to replace. And you want to trade that guy? I, I don't think so. And the Penguins and Jim Rutherford apparently don't think so either. The Pens are struggling. And you dopes don't like it, so you want revenge by way of a trade. But tell me how trading Chris Letang would help the Penguins. 412-333-WXDX. A little plug. I will be doing the first Penguins viewing party of 2018 on Tuesday. That's January 2nd at Double L's Bar in Millville. I'm going to have lots of free giveaways, and the Penguins are playing at Philadelphia. Pens Flyers, that's always a crazy time. So be sure to join me at Double L's Bar in Millville next Tuesday to watch the Penguins and the Flyers. Uh, Continue to talk about James Harrison. You know, it's always funny. It's always funny when the citizens refer to James Harrison as Debo. Debo this and... Debo that, whether it's callers or on Twitter, they call Harrison Debo like he's their buddy. Meanwhile, the guy's a surly dink who would not urinate on you if you were on fire, but you call him Debo, and he's your pretend buddy, I suppose. Maybe you could give him workout tips. Debo, that's tremendous. Okay, my caller right now finally got a pick right last week after slumping. He's 12-year-old Mason from McKeesport. 
with this week's Steeler pick. Mason, uh, you got one right last week. Congratulations. What do you got this week? Um, I do agree with what you said. Um, I still think the Steelers are going to beat the Browns with Landry Jones or not. Um, I do think, though, the Browns are going to be trying to win this game for sure because, you know, they haven't won a game with this Nobody season. wants to go 0-16, uh, buddy. Yeah, um, I'm going to pick the Steelers to win 27-20. to I would also like to make the bonus pick. Well, so you're picking the Browns to cover then. The Browns will cover the spread. Yeah. Okay, what's your bonus pick? Real quick, Mason. Um, I'm going to take the Ravens to beat the Bengals 24-20. to Ravens to beat the Bengals 24-20, to but that means Cincinnati would cover. So Mason picking Cincinnati and Cleveland to cover as underdogs. Thank you for the call, Mason. 412-333-9939. Uh, we got more Debo talk just around the corner. We got Terry and Steven on hold. Hopefully they'll hang in there. It's the Mark Madden Show, 105.9 X. Order brought to you by McDonald's. I'm loving it. Let's talk to John in the car. John, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, John. How you doing? I'm Mark. You're John. Mark. Mark. That's Mike. Hey, I want to talk about uh, James Harrison leaving the Steelers. Okay. Hey, you know what? Everybody wants to rag on him. You know, it's almost like everyone forgot all the amazing things that he's done. Yeah, those don't matter now. He wasn't good enough to play. And once he realized that, instead of taking the blame himself for being 39 and washed up, he caused commotion on the team and became a distraction so bad that upon his departure, the locker room buried him. Oh, yeah. You know what? I think it's a shame. I think he's a great player. I support him going to the Patriots. Nah, you then know? you're a dope, and you should go with him. Thanks for the call. In just 30 seconds, I'll tell you again. And in great detail, why the Steelers just aren't at fault, why Tomlin isn't at fault for this James Harrison mess. 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Mark. Hey. How are you doing, buddy? Let me check. Let me see what I'm wearing today. Yep, my shoes cost more than your house. The X at 105.9.